from the Duck South Studios in Morgan City, Mississippi. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. I want to punch you in the face so bad right now. This is the On The X podcast, powered by DuckSouth.com. I didn't get a harumph out of that guy. Get the governor harumph. What we've got here is failure to communicate. This podcast is being brought to you by Joseph Presley at Four Corner Properties. Joseph Presley is the 2016 Recreational Real Estate Agent of the Year for Mississippi. If you are in the market for a piece of deer, turkey, or duck hunting property in Arkansas, Louisiana, or Mississippi, give Joseph a call. Joseph can be reached at 601-540-7240 or check out their website at www.4cplandandhomes.com. I said what I said and I'll stand by it to the death. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And now, here are your hosts, J. Paul Jackson. They spent... Listen to this, $1 million on ads against me in Iowa. Now here's the good news. They use the best pictures. I look so good in those pictures. I'm trying to find where they got them. Rocky LaFleur. Yo, Adrian! Jake LaTundras. Where are you going? Going west. Gotta go west. And Josh Webb. You don't say much, do you? Welcome to the On The X Podcast, powered by DuckSouth.com. I'm Rocky LaFleur, here with you. Got Josh Webb here with us today. Josh, what's going on? Not just a whole lot. Watching it rain. I was going to ask you, did you happen to see the, man, the Ole Miss women's softball team? I know mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to turn this into a, a sports podcast and talk a little long time about sports, but man, that was pretty exciting this weekend for a team that's never, they've been in the bottom two for like the past 50 years, or as long as they've been playing women's sports or women's softball here. Yeah, it was good for them to be able to host a regional and do as good as they did and everything. It was a lot of fun. We watched most of it all weekend. I went by the field uh, yesterday after church, and man, it was people three deep, you know, standing behind the fence, and all the stands were full. I mean, it was wild over at that park yesterday. I mean, yeah, I, really I, good. I don't, I don't, I don't know what's the count of people. Um, during the season, softball games are free. They're free, and uh, they have, uh, I mean, all kind of stuff trying to get people there, but maybe, hopefully, this will change that going forward for them. Um, you had a wedding. I mean, I thought you had a, a wedding this weekend, right? Yeah, yeah. A really good friend of ours got married. I know them. I stopped by I stopped by and talked to the Woodies all the time in the in the grove when I walked through. Yeah. And I didn't I didn't even know that uh I I say I know them well. I, and but I, I stopped and talked to Gary and Cindy all the time when we passed by their tent in I don't know the daughter, and I, I'm assuming that your wife and her graduated together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They grew up together. Yeah, we had big, we had a big weekend. It was a lot of fun. You a uh, big dancer at a wedding? Uh, it depends. Not this one particularly, but um, yeah, I've been known to be. <laughs> Gosh, well, but uh. <laughs> it looked like some good music at that wedding too. I I, I saw it video somewhere. Good. Yeah, it was it, it was good. We had a good time. The rehearsal dinner and everything was was a lot of fun. Um, really and truly, I think most of the wedding party was was still tired from the night before. <laughs> Are you much of a speaker? Did 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 you or Katie get up and give a speech? No. Um, some people did. Um, I mean, I have before at some of my at some of my friends. I, I I will definitely have one to give this fall. Uh, my my best friend gets married in October, and it's what May, and I've already started preparing for that one because uh, it's going to be a very good crowd that's there. So 
I, I'll be able to pretty much. And and uh, the 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 preacher who's doing it is who's doing their wedding uh, is a very good friend of ours, Dad, who we grew up with. So he already knows what to expect. So I won't have to be completely. It sounds bad, but I won't have to be completely G-rated in in my speech. But and I don't know that I don't know that he's expecting me to give one, but. Um, uh, that, you know, when Katie and I were at the rehearsal during the other night, and she was talking about whether or not she was going to speak, and some people, like I said, some people did. The people that spoke the other night, um, most of them, some of them were were, were Greenwood folks. A lot of them were, were Woody's friends from from college. So, um, yeah, anyway, the most, a lot of those speeches, I'm talking about there was. There was two in particular that went for fifteen minutes each. Uh, Whoa. I mean, just yeah. So you know, and that um, that kind of drug things out. So, uh, but yeah, you know, I can't I can't say that I won't talk that long this fall at that particular wedding. But um, I will probably be the only person that says <laughs> anything too. So, and I've spoken before uh, at friends' weddings, and, but. Um, uh, anyway, it was, it, it, it was, we had a lot of fun. Um, well, I mean, rehearsal, rehearsal dinner and day of the wedding reception, everything was fun, but yeah, we had, we had a good time. You know, what's so funny about the, the, the speeches given at rehearsal dinner or at the wedding, either one, it doesn't matter. The difference between a guy's speech and the girl's speech when the girls are talking to the the bride and when the guys are talking to the groom oh man it is unbelievable the vast difference between those two oh yeah because the guys are going to pull out this this story of where you you know went out on the town came back got drunk slept by the toilet you know whatever and everybody's going to laugh about it the girls are going to be like, ah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. You, you know what I'm saying? We're going to be best friends oh, yeah. forever. Yeah, yeah. It, it yeah, was, uh, no, that's exactly right. I remember that time we stayed up and talked all night. You know, but the guys, man, they just let it all hang out when it comes to that speech. A lot of guys do. Let me tell you, I was at uh, Alan Slater's. Now, we've had Jimmy Slater on the podcast with us. And uh, I was at Alan Slater's uh, wedding and his rehearsal dinner uh, a few weeks back. And Drew Burton, now you've met Drew Burton before, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drew, Drew Burton gave up and gave the greatest rehearsal speech slash story that's ever been told. And, you know, I was about to give get up and tell a really funny story about Alan. But getting up and trying to follow Drew Burton's story, dude, there was nobody in that room that wanted to follow that up. The only person that got up after Drew Burton's story was a girl, you know, giving one of those girls, you know, the, the we're going to be the best friends forever sorority speeches. There was no guy brave enough to get up and give us a follow-up to Drew Burton. That's kind of how... He told a story about him and Alan Slater trespassing on a certain person's property that we did an interview back with in the fall, a certain lady. And they didn't didn't know that they had, uh, well, they did. He said that they did. It was right on the line. And they climbed up in the stand and a certain lady pulled up and looked through her binoculars and saw them sitting in her stand. But they have been seeing a huge deer come out in this field that divided the two places. Oh, man. And Drew Burton just said, Alan, follow what I say. Whatever I say, you follow it. And, man, I mean, the, the crowd's rolling. I, I, whenever I attempt to try to tell somebody else's story, I never do a good job. That's why I'm not a really good writer. But he proceeds to tell the story, and Drew Burton's talking to this lady that we both are, we both know, Josh, 
Um, <laughs> Drew Burton has it going, man. He tells her that he's from Alabama. He's so sorry. He didn't know where the lines were. He was he was a guest at the club. Blah blah blah. And then Alan steps in there like the big. You know, he tells the story of Alan jumping in there. Well. If, if, if you ever need anything, we, we've got a store in Indianola before they walk away. <laughs> he gave oh, it all away. Man. But this story, man, it was so awesome. <laughs> so I was like, whoever tries to follow him up is dead. Because yeah, there's always nah, that I'm, one speech. Yeah, already. there's always one. That's right. There, there's always, in, in, in places that there's, that people, I mean, because I've been to plenty of them where nobody says anything, and that's fine. Nobody said anything at, at mine and Katie's or didn't expect them to. Um, I've been to plenty of them like that. But, um, you know, I, you it, it's always... You always want to go before we, that guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And, and that's what I was saying was the other night, just because it's the, <laughs> the freshest one on my mind. I'm not necessarily using it as the the end-all, be-all example, but, you know, uh, so many, you know, the crowd there was, well, there was a bunch of people even at the rehearsal dinner, um, but the crowd was pretty well split 50-50 from high school friends and college friends, and sure, there's some crossover. I mean, we, I mean, Katie and I, Katie and, and Elizabeth grew up together. So we know a lot of our college friends. We don't know all. And kind of the same way with a lot of the college friends, with a lot of the high school friends. So when you get that many people in a room together, um, you know, somebody's going to stand up and tell a, a story about, you know, when they were kids together. Then somebody's going to stand up and tell a story about when they met in college. And then, you know, the other night, for example, there was um, the, the groom, which which I know him really well now because him and Elizabeth been together so long. Uh, you know, his best friend from childhood, the two of them, there, there was two of them, they all three grew up literally next door to each other. They all grew up together, and then they all went to college together. So they told stories from when they were in diapers all the way through, you know, yesterday. So, it, and and I think that hurt a lot of people wanting to give speeches because, um, you know, there, there was, uh, you know, girls that, that, it was it, there. There was some really good speeches, though, like from the complete other side, and meaning like, um, you know, they had a slideshow with pictures and, and video and stuff. And of course, my wife and Elizabeth played basketball together. Well, some of Elizabeth's best friends and that ended up being best friends in college were some of their biggest rivals in basketball in high school. So there were some really good stories about how they absolutely hated each other playing basketball, and then when they got to Ole Miss, they were, you know, their best friends and bridesmaids and everything else. Now, those are pretty funny, but, um, you know, you, you just never know, uh, you know, the one this fall uh, that, you know, like I was talking about, that I will, even if nobody is going to give a speech, I'm going to speak. Uh, right. That whole, I know everybody that's going to be in there, um, even, even, college buddies because me and Jordan grew up together and we still spend a ridiculous amount of time together. So, yeah, that and those kind of situations can kind of hurt some speeches sometimes. <clears throat> well, I can always remember that one speech that was given at mine. And, man, I'm I'm about to embarrass myself. Let me go on and put that out there, okay? I want to, this this is a pretty good story. You you'll you'll get a good laugh from this, Josh. The, what started out as a what started out as a speech that you know I, I thought that a buddy of mine, cousin, best friend, was going to get up and give this this glowing speech on love. You know, started out. It, it was almost heartwarming, is a good way to put it. And I was like, oh, man, this is going to be good. And so he goes on to tell the most embarrassing story ever in my rehearsal dinner. And awful. I should even tell this story on, on the podcast. But everybody loves to laugh at me, so I'll, I'll tell it. So when I was 12 years old, I had made the all-star team in baseball, right? 
man, we we were playing the a, a rival town as a practice game um, at the time up against the fence on the visiting squad was this beautiful girl, man. I mean, you you remember that 12-year-old love when you look across there and you saw a good-looking girl that knocked your socks off. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man, you know, that that was all you were worried about back then. You know, they whoosh, pretty girl, pretty blonde-headed girl. Well, after the game is over with, you know, I start conversing with this girl, talking to her, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I mean, I just fall madly head over heels for this girl and proceed to walk her to her car. You know, this is another game after ours. And anyway, I I, I gave her a kiss. I was 12 years old. It was one, you know, on my first kiss, but it was the second one. You know, it was one of those 12-year-old just locked lip two-second kiss. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nothing else. Nothing else mixed in it. Okay, but that kiss, man, it burnt a fire in my soul. I had fallen for this girl head over heels, and so for the next week to talk about this girl, all of my cousins, everybody, you know, are just making fun of me. Oh, she's not that pretty. Blah blah blah. Now. Fast forward a week, and and we're sitting at the family at our family reunion, and I'm I'm telling all of my cousins they're about my same age, and some of the older ones we're all sitting at the, you know fifteen sixteen years old. I'm you know telling them about this good looking girl that I met and that I kissed. Now, in a twelve year old's eyes, I thought I'd found the girl of my dreams, the girl I was going to be with forever. Because, you know, when we were that age, we kiss and told. You know, if we got a kiss, we told everybody, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You you bragged for as long as you could possibly brag about it. So what happens when you brag about something like that to your buddies? They rip you a new one. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. They, they usually jump on your case pretty bad. So... I'm sitting here talking about this girl, blah, blah, blah. They're making fun of me. I said, man, you just, if you ever saw her, she'd blow you away. And it was almost like a TV show. I kid you not. I'm sitting there, and I turn around, and it's like the music starts, and this girl is walking down the hill behind me. I'm like, oh, my God. I drove 75 miles, and... Who would I run into? <laughs> oh wow! I see where this I'm, is I'm, going I mean, man, she, she's <laughs> now, now listen. There's there's different there's different kids are different of those uh little tin top roofs that you had family reunions at. They were they were all over the place, all around us. I said, oh my god, our family must be having a reunion here, man. This is the wholesome the girl that I'm in love with. Is in the same park as me. I'm sitting there. I turn around, and there she was. The music starts playing. You know, the slow motion with the head kick over with the blonde hair fluffing over to the side. And I poked them and said, that's her. Their mouths dropped. And we're all sitting there with our tongues hanging out, man. I mean... This girl's gorgeous. And uh, she gets a little closer, a little closer. I'm like, okay. And maybe she's going to break away and go to another one of these tents or tent tops. Dude, she proceeds to walk up under the Killebrew family reunion. (laughs) (laughs) It turns out this girl is my fifth cousin. And I had no idea that I was kin to her. Oh, my God. I was sick and embarrassed all at the same time. I mean, really sick to my stomach. So you want to talk about an all-time, and he's a lot better storyteller than I am, but he proceeds to tell this story at my wedding. Oh, my God. This speech, he was out 
looking over the crowd the crowd in the in the hall was rolling laughing and then he just turns dead around looks at my future bride and says at least he's not marrying his cousin best rehearsal dinner speech ever right there by my cousin i mean he had the whole crowd rolling oh man you want to talk about one of the most embarrassing times in life bro i bet it i I bet it made everybody uh uh, go nuts i can just imagine uh, yeah that's yeah that's hard to top (laughs) i told you that it would be an embarrassing story but it's a good one it's funny I can laugh about it now. It's, you know, once you get past third, are, are they really kin anymore? Yeah, see, well, you have a reason to argue that. <laughs> I don't have a reason to try to argue that, so I don't. you you can try to argue it if you want to. <laughs> no comment, huh? Yeah, no, no, I've, I've definitely, there's been some kisses that I regretted, but it wasn't because I was related to them. Oh, my God. What do you mean? Don't put it like that. That that makes me cringe. <laughs> well, oh me. So <laughs> we'll leave the wedding speeches alone. Look, we have a great guest coming on with us today. Uh, T.J. Mallet is going to be with us today. We'll get to some duck hunting stuff and, and leave the wedding and the wedding speeches alone. We need to quiz him, though, because I don't even think he's popped the question yet. She is a, it seems to me, looking at her on social media, you know, with TJ, it seems like she enjoys a lot of the same things that TJ enjoys. Yeah, we need to talk to him about that today. Yeah. Yeah, he won't be expecting that. But, look, before TJ comes on, we want to talk about Four Corner Properties real quick and Joseph Presley. If you're looking for a piece of recreational property, Joseph Presley is the man. I saw that he sold a piece of property there in LaFour County, a duck hunting property, last week. 261 yeah. acres across the road from me. Yeah. I mean, next next piece of property that you're looking for, deer, duck, turkey, I would not hesitate giving Joseph a call. Uh, you can reach Joseph at 601 601- Five four zero seven two four zero, and now we are being. What's going on, buddy? A man that needs no introduction to the podcast, Mister TJ Mallet. Oh man, oh man! I sure do appreciate y'all having me on again, Rocky and uh, Jay Paul. It's a it's a, it's a pleasure to get to talk to y'all again. I uh, I always enjoy it. Always enjoy it. And can't thank y'all Jay- enough for having me. Well, Jay Paul is not with us today, TJ. Me and Josh are here. Uh, Josh, hey, Josh. Yeah, we, we, we kicked him out. We didn't feel like hearing. We didn't feel like hearing from him. So, no, it, no, he was kind it, of doing who knows what. So. Oh, that's, DJ, that's we, all right. we took, look before you came on. We just finished talking up about uh, wedding speeches. Oh um, yeah, I had to give a couple of those before. Hey, before we get into duck hunting, are you the, are you the guy that tells? Uh, the 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 good old story that makes everybody laugh at the wedding in the wedding party. Well, well, it depends if 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 I'm I was a best man not too long ago, and that one was maybe a little sappy. But other than that, if I'm uh, if I'm just giving a speech, you know, as a groomsman or attendee at a wedding, it's going to be pretty funny. It's going to be a a story that you know, hopefully, most of them haven't heard, make them laugh, and make the groom blush anyway <laughs> yeah we were that's what we were talking about the great wedding speeches but anyway oh, I've heard, dj I've heard tell, us what's going, tell us what's going on man i talked to you a little bit of last week you have become associated with a guide service there in canada that is right that is right i i couldn't be more excited about it uh rocky honestly it's a it really is a dream come true. Um, I, heck, the first, actually, some of the, the very first guiding I did was with you when I was in early high school. Um, I mean, which is well over a decade ago now, which is crazy. But um, oh, hey, from oh, there, but before, before you yeah. go any further, can I tell this story real quick? Absolutely. <laughs> 
DJ. Depends what one it is. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> DJ is one of the best guys around, and and I'm I'm not saying that because we're friends or he's worked for me before. The TJ has it, and to be a guide, you have to have it. It's not about hunting when you're a guide. It's partly about hunting, but you have to be able to entertain if it's slow. And one of the weekends, I'll never forget that TJ was up there, <clears throat> and I guess that was right at the end, right at the end of your high school. Career, TJ? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably it, it would have been somewhere junior high school, somewhere right around there. At the time, you were prepping for. You were really getting into competition calling at the time, if I remember right. right. I'll never right. forget one day, TJ and I. It was really slow. It was probably seventy, seventy-five degrees. It was hot. And I told TJ, I said, look, we don't have any big ducks to hunt. The only thing we can do is we can just go, these guys don't care. I said, we're just going to go shoot some shovelers. Oh, man, yeah, that's awesome. And I think we both limited out that day pretty easily, pretty handily. Yeah, good good shoes, good shoes. (laughs) But what was so funny about the day was, TJ, I'll never forget, I said, told you before we went out, I said, TJ, look, you don't have to do much calling. These ducks just come straight into the decoys. And I guess it was toward the toward the end of your hunt. You know, I, y'all had done a bunch of shooting, if I remember right, and right. I could hear you. You started calling. It had gotten later in the morning. The ducks were a little bit harder to work, and man, TJ was over there. Man! <laughs> oh, it was I awesome, believe man. it. I believe it. That was that was probably trying to earn some extra tip money right there for a poor high school kid. <laughs> no, I don't know what though. <laughs> no, but those those are those are some some good times. But I remember them. Look, like outside of being a hunter, TJ, man, you had it. You had it from high school. And that it I'm is being able to socialize that. and entertain people on a hunt. So I've always told you this. I've always said, TJ, you were intended to be a duck uh, a duck guide or a duck guide owner because you have I, I appreciate that. Well, I, Rocky, yeah, that, I mean, that humbles me to death. It, it really does, especially coming from you. Uh, I mean, it, you've, you've run a op- successful operation for decades and, and and I'm humbled to hear you say that, just not having, you know, work for you, but can consider you close, close friend. That, that really does mean a lot. And and that's one of the things that and we we I try and do, you know, when I take hunters any time. I mean, it's 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 more than a duck hunt. It's an experience. We want to have an experience of a lifetime. And uh, but, you know, at the same token, really what I mean, what I like to fo- we really focus on I'll tell you a little bit uh, about the who I partnered up with is Frontline Waterfowl in Saskatchewan. It's owned by Ward McGee and, and, and now myself that I've partnered up with. I'm opening up another camp. Uh, we're located in the northwest corner of Saskatchewan. Uh, Frontline, he's been, this will be his 13th season uh, in business and has about 80% percent repeat of customers. So has done real well. He's at their first uh since year one, the customers have averaged over thir- about 13 and a half birds per day per hunter. So they, I mean, they do real well. I've kept kept up with all of that for a long time. But he's he's booked up this year and next year, and 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 he had talked to me before about opening up a second camp. And at the time, it just wasn't right. But uh, now, I mean, I, I hate leaving an organization like like Delta Waterfowl. I mean, there's there's no organization like it in my mind, but being able to do this is definitely an opportunity of a lifetime to be able to chase my passion and, and, and be able to share with people some of the incredible things that I feel like I get to see out there and, and, and up there and just fall in love with it. So with this opportunity, we uh, what we do is, I mean, our main goal of, you know, other than having an experience of a lifetime is to put our hunters on mallards and geese. We, uh, a lot of times, I mean, Ward 
uh, in front line will have customers that they say in the three days that they come hunting with they'll see more ducks die in those three days than they will the entire season back home. And, and for these guys, a lot, I mean, it's, it's $2,400, and it includes, that's all inclusive except uh, the flight up there and the travel to the where you'll be staying, um, all the meals, lodging, licenses, shells, that's all included, bird processing. I mean, you, you show up with your gun and uh, and just get there and, and and everything else will be set up and work, working under some some good call great calling and great dog work and the best products available but we uh we we want to ensure that our our guys get on the birds because that's i mean that's what you really come to canada for just the vast sheer numbers of birds uh it's different than you'd think too from driving around and maybe the arkansas mississippi delta where you'll see birds scattered out here and there a lot of people think You'll show up to Saskatchewan and just see, I mean, birds everywhere, huge groups left and right, and and that sometimes is the case. But you have to look, you have to look for them. It's not as easy as you think. So, having a good team put together, which luckily I've got and Frontline has had for a long time, uh, and the access to the ground is is key. Um, so, I mean, we focus on getting getting our guys on the birds and shooting. The limit of mallards and the limit of geese every single day. If we don't in the morning, we'll head back out in the afternoon, and and, and it's eight mallards and eight geese up there. So it's uh you get you get, you get wow. your money's worth of shooting, man. It's a it's a blast. That's it's, it's, it's hey, a blast. As a, as a reference, TJ, where in Saskatchewan? Now, now Manitoba is. Manitoba is, Manitoba is just above. to the east of Saskatchewan, or, or just right. to the east of Saskatchewan, right? And so Saskatchewan, we're we're actually in the go ahead. Saskatchewan directly above North and South Dakota, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Just as a reference point, and what, how far up above the U.S. Canadian border will you be? We're we are all the way up there. We are in the northwest corner of the the province where the boreal forest starts. Is or where the boreal forest ends, the first grain fields down, or where our zones start. So we're we are literally hunting the very way first. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's way up there, but <clears throat> that that's how I prefer it. There's no, there's not a place a spot in Saskatchewan I'd rather be just due to um, the fact that I mean we're the we're the first stop that they see along the way. Uh, I mean you know how. <laughs> You have to go find the birds, but you know they're going to be there because that's where they're made. And, uh, and and having worked for Delta for such a, a long time has given me an insight to you know how, how a lot of that works and spending a lot of time in Canada. But um, I mean, it's it, being that far that far north, and it's it's only an hour and a half, couple hour drive from the Saskatoon airport, so it's, it's really not bad get, getting there. But when you're there, I mean. There's the the sheer wilderness. I mean, you feel like you're in the wild west, seeing pronghorn, mule deer, moose, just the abundance of wildlife. What about uh, the seasons? I know they open a lot earlier up there. Is it September or when? when Oh yeah, September. September and October is are are like our December and January for a Mississippi duck hunter. That's when the seasons they run a little bit later. Um, but so we'll run one group into november usually but sometimes if you get past much farther past that um we uh you can you can run the risk of getting frozen out and someone not being able to make their flight due to weather get them get back or the ducks haven't get gotten pushed out so so that's when we we cut off as the end of october first week in november um because we have we have a a, bu- a bunch of zones you have to to be able to guide no one can just show up and and guide you have to be own a, a guide license along with certain zones that there's only so many of that there's only so many licenses for so you're not making any more or less of them so you have to one has to come available which is which is a, a, a blessing from an outfitter standpoint for up there but um it's uh it's definitely worth in my opinion you know spending a little money and being able to go and not have to worry about anything other than showing up in your blind and 
and uh, hey, keeping that gun barrel hey, high. <laughs> I want to ask you this because yeah. scouting is a, is a, is a key to any successful guide operation. Oh, absolutely. Talk, talk a little bit about scouting when you're in Canada. How, t- from by far the most important by far the most important thing there is to do in Canada is is having a scout uh, or having scouts, and that's what uh, if. We each have each group where Ward will be, and then where I'll be have two scouts working under us, and their their job the whole entire time are to get fields or to find fields with the birds and keep lining them up for the next few days, and that is a constant process. It never stops. As soon as we get done hunting, I'm hit the road again looking for the next couple day shoot and and having bird having fields lined up for day after day and you know, having those feeds to where those birds are hitting those those dry fields real hard and, and lining those big feeds up to where you can do it day after day after day. So by far, in my opinion, scouting is is the most crucial aspect of being su- successful in Canada, whether you're <clears throat> freelance hunting or whether you're going with an outfitter or if you have an outfitter, I mean, scouting is, is everything. It really is. Put a lot of miles on a truck, I imagine, up there. Oh, a ton, a ton of miles. A lot. When I was up there last year, my trip, I put almost ten thousand miles on on one trip, and it's uh, uh, but you have to do it. I mean, the land is so vast. It's we think the miss the Mississippi Delta and the big fields, but when you get up there, everything is just bigger. It, it, just the landscape, everything's just bigger. So. I mean, you have to put put the miles on the truck and put the time behind the binoculars and 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 really, I mean, pinpoint where they are and and, and where they're going because that's uh, having those fields and being right on the X is is as important, if not more important, than anywhere else duck hunting. Uh, I mean, it's, is there uh, any is there any kind of uh, or any situation where y'all will hunt over water? Because I know a lot of it up there is fields, dry fields, but is there any water situation um there are there are bread and our bread and butter like i said it is dry field hunting but if we don't get our limb in the afternoon we might go to a afternoon pothole that the ducks are hitting real good uh, and, and this year for example it was a real wet year in canada so some what might have been a dry field had some just some sheet water on it a little swag with a wet spot and so there was some of that hunting but 90 percent over 90 percent of what we're going to be doing uh or, and what we do is is dry field hunting we're uh we're, we're targeting those mallards and, and canada geese and and snows and specks uh that are that are hitting those grain fields real hard and and wanting to come in and feed uh, but we'll do the occasional afternoon pothole shoot if we don't get our limited ducks in the morning for some reason. Now, <clears throat> let me ask you this: Are you is 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 your expert guide? And I I, I really mean that. I, that is no pun intended. Ashton, go well, with yeah, you. Yeah. Ask that one more time. Oh, she'll be she'll be up there definitely uh, cooking, and she'll be she'll be scouting, burning up the roads because. Uh, I'll tell you one thing. It's it's a whole lot easier to get permission when I show up at the door with her next to my side than just mildly love. <laughs> you know, I, I listened to a podcast not long ago, and uh, this is some guys out west that have a lot of dick, a lot of elk and mule deer and stuff. And right. some of the um, they own a a media company, but there's two or three anyway, women that work that work for the same media company anyway. And he got to talking about that because those women hunt too. And, uh, and so oh, yeah. one of the guests on the show asked them, they were like, well, uh, before they, before, you know, they hunted, even though you're your coworkers, would you send them to ask for permission? They said, heck yeah. And then they, you know, and what was funny about it was the women chimed in and they said, and we still go and get permission in places where where we don't even tell them we just go we just go use use the fact that that we're women wanting to hunt over, you know, and not let them hunt so it's, it's funny uh, you, I, you I, say that i guarantee um, it it's it's true it's a it's a whole lot uh harder for a farmer to say no to a pretty little girl like that and uh you know <laughs> <tell> her, oh, <laughs> yeah. a bitch like me but uh I think, no but really though it, uh, it, it, it I, I, let, me, let me say this 
the lady that TJ's dating, I'm going to tell you something. She's as beautiful on the inside as she is on the outside. And I don't mean <laughs> that in a weird way, TJ. No, I take that as a full she, compliment. If I, I couldn't handle that, she wouldn't be with me anyway. And and look, and I've seen pictures of her frog hunting. I've seen pictures of her duck hunting. I've seen pictures of y'all fishing together. You know, I think I've even written a story about y'all turkey hunting, you and Ashton. Oh yeah, man, it's it's unbelievable to 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 to, to snag or have a girlfriend that wants to do all those things with you that you can do together. It's a blast. It really is. And I mean, heck, going on three years now or whatever, I you know need to get on the ball. But we uh, we really do have a blast together, and I'm. I'm l- luckier than I deserve uh, to be with a girl like that DJ. that loves to do the thing. She, I, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to go up against her in a in a contest, but like that, she she can she can carry <laughs> carry her own weight shooting with any of them. So it's uh it, it's it's nice to have, but she uh, definitely supports me and through all this and 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 everything that. I've uh, chosen to do, and she's she's been nothing but help, which has has been a big big blessing. But definitely going to make it a lot easier with uh, her up there, just not only helping but having a uh, you know a family type of uh, atmosphere and, and operation that we run where everybody's truly invested in it, and uh, having having other good guides and scouts that that's what makes the operation really run successful. So in in, in that regard, I couldn't be luckier, and I couldn't couldn't be more thankful for the the team I've now, got look, that, I, I've, that I've been blessed in that same way, TJ. Now, now, Royanne, she's not as big a hunter as Ashton is, but man, as but we first out kicked our it, coverage, put it like that. <laughs> <laughs> Royanne's been very, very supportive, and I'm gonna tell you that's one of the key things of having a successful operation is having somebody stand with you and help you, you know, get through those get through those times because. I, look, I've had friends that have got it from from North Dakota all the way down to the coast. That some of them have had wives that weren't so supportive, and man, it was it was bad. It's tough. Yep, it can it, it, it can be. I don't I I don't know if I I don't know how someone could do it if they didn't have a a spouse or a significant other that that wasn't supportive because it's uh I mean there's gonna be times you're gonna be away from each other and and there's times where both be tired, but if uh, you know you're both on the same page, it it sure does make it easier. That that's for sure. Oh yeah. Well, um, look, I, I will tell you this. I was one of the things that got me thinking about you guiding in in Canada was my uncle actually just got back on Wednesday. He was he got taken up there by a company to catch the snow geese. Oh right, on the spring snow goose hunt. Yeah, yeah, man. And I had no idea that they were still up there hunting snow geese. I think it. I think this guy. It's um. Oh gosh, Northern Skies Outfitters, Matt Matt Shiver, and the guys from Northern Skies Outfitters. They were guiding snow goose hunt. But anyway, man, he came back beat up. Because right now in Canada, he was telling me this. He said that. you know, you you're hunting till eleven o'clock at night because it's daylight. Oh yeah, it's. I was up there <laughs> two weeks ago. I was up there two weeks ago, and it, it really is eleven o'clock. It's it's still light outside. I mean, you could it. The days are so long, and they're only getting longer. But when we were when we were there, there were so many snow geese. It, it wasn't funny. Those in in little Canada's that uh, I'm at. It's uh, they're a lot easier to set up on the snow geese. Uh, we don't get the little geese down here, little cacklers and uh, little canadas. But we, uh, you know, I would get the snow geese. But up there, when they they hit the green fields, they they decoy a lot better. And it's 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 some fun shooting. A lot of a lot of guys want to come up there and do that. <clears throat> After being in yeah. some, some amazing snow goose spread shoots, it's uh it's something to behold be under one of those tornadoes. It really is, but. Those uh those spring shoots can be fun. They they really can. And there was a and, and on a good note too, we all there's a ton of water up there right now in the, the areas where we looked and that was a lot of it and just about every little pothole from you know, the size of your truck to the size of your yard had uh, a pair of mallards in it nesting. So I think we're gonna be set up for a real good hatch. 
I just can't imagine hunting till 11, 11 o'clock at night or 11 o'clock in the day. Shoot, that's every redneck's dream. You're not yeah, it really that. is. It really is. And up there, you can shoot 30 minutes past uh, That's what sunset, I was going to say. Which is yeah. crazy. I mean, yeah. so heck, in the spring, you might as well just stay out there to the night before. But, heck, the older I get, I can't. It's hard to imagine doing much after eleven o'clock these days. <laughs> they were they were back up at two thirty in the morning, going back to their morning spread. So you're looking at eleven o'clock, showering, eating in the bed at eleven thirty, back up at two thirty, going back out to your spread. It was getting daylight at four. And yeah, man, that's he, crazy. he said, "You know the funniest line when he called me." He said, uh, "He said, you know, I, he said I hate to live up here." all the time. I said, why? Because it, you know, the summertime hours? He said, no, man. Put my wife up here. We we wouldn't ever come out of the yard working. She would have me in the yard. <laughs> <laughs> working 20 hours a day. 4 to 11 every day. That's the truth. That's the truth. And it's a, oh, it's a, it, it's a tough place up there. I mean, it really is in, in a way still the wild west. But, uh, that's one but, of the things but, but, that, look, back, that makes back it to your so guy. special. Let's, yeah. Let's talk about this because we've been talking about places that look. A lot of people go to Canada every year. There's a ton of people right. that go to the Dakotas and that go to Canada every year. But I think that everybody should go to Canada once in their life. And, oh, absolutely. And I, I think that that guy should be, you know, with 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 you guys, Frontline Waterfowl, correct? Correct, uh, correct. So and that I, right? I can't. I, and, that is, that is, that's it. Uh, go ahead, Rocky. No, go, go ahead, Josh. No, what I was going to say is, so they have, have they had just one camp up there now, or, and then now they're going to have two since that's you're coming right. along? We, or how, is there, okay, I was just trying to get it, you know, in, but they're going to be close together or just same yeah, area? Yeah, separated, separated by, yeah, just about, separated by about an hour and a half, but uh, what we did was, um, not only will we be hunting in the same zones that we had, uh, we picked up additional zones as well. So there's not an outfitter out there that has more area to hunt than we do in, uh, in, in what I consider the best part of Saskatchewan you can be in. Uh, so that, so that really, really does help, um, being able to have, uh, that much area to work with, but being in the, the area you really want to be. Uh, so we're not, We've got two camps now that we're opening a second one this year, and be uh, we're booking hunts still um, for October and 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 next year going and all years going forward. But uh, so we're opening up the second camp, and we'll be in the same area, but with with the area. I mean, we we have hundreds of square miles to work with, so it's yeah. It's, it's always amazed me at just how much, um, you know, when you, you talk to outfitters up there, and not just waterfowl guys either, you know, even even guys that have, you know, mule deer hunts or whatever, just the, the amount of land they have access to. And that, and that is funny when you said that, because that's how, even when you start getting into Dakotas, that's how people start referencing it. They, they don't say acres anymore. They start talking about square miles. And it's, that's right. And that, that's a, you know, that's a, it's that brings truth. it into perspective. Yeah. It really does. It really does. And it's a, it's a lot of ground to cover, but at the same time, finding you can find the birds. You you have to have to look for them. But that's uh that's one of the parts of that that makes it so fun and exciting. And, and and going back to talking about the garden, which you were talking about, Rocky. One of the things that we offer um for we offer what we call just a presidential package. But it's um for six hundred dollars more a person, three thousand dollars. If we have a lot of guys that I mean might be older, might just you know, it's their vacation. They don't want to touch a decoy uh, or anything like that. It show up and wake up when a couple thirty minutes before shooting time and hop on the blind right at shooting time with you know snacks, beverages, all that the whole time. And only time you have to touch a bird if you want is for pictures. But <laughs> picking up the decoys, if you don't want to worry about that, a lot of people. I've had a lot of people ask me about that that are coming and. And, and some are going that option because they, you know, which I understand completely. They're coming to relax and go hunting, so they don't want to fool with any of the, you know, set blinds, decoys, um, no problem. They don't have to. And But a lot of guys do like being a part of that whole process, you know, the, the ambiance of 
getting a set up a, a dry field spread, which a lot, you know, for a lot of people is, is something, you know, they only do once in a lifetime, but uh, a lot of guys, most of the guys that we have, um, they come back year after year because once you go, <laughs> you get addicted. It, it happened to me. I, you get spoiled you know, is, is, is what happens. I mean, the way I compare it, I mean, we we all know what kind of ducks that we have to hunt here in Mississippi, how pressured they are by the time they get here. And I compare it to just the hardest hunted public land, Mississippi Eastern Turkey, to chasing the stupidest Rio out west there is. Because when they, I mean, they're, they're you got first year birds mixed in with the flock. I mean, only time I've ever felt almost almost bad for mallards in Canada. But uh, it's you'll just hey, see them do things there that you won't see them do anywhere else. Outside of mallards and and Canada geese, what 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 will you have the opportunity? Being it a maybe a small opportunity outside of those two birds. I mean, what what can other species can you kill? We'll kill speckle bellies, especially early in the season, up till about mid-October. Um, we'll kill speckle bellies, uh, a lot of speckle bellies, and then a lot of snow geese. Also, we'll have snows work into um, work into the Canada and mallard spreads, and we'll sn- set up for snows as well. And um, if we have, I mean, if we have seven or eight guys, I mean, we're we're aiming for hundred bird shoots a morning um, for. What we call we our goal is to get a double double every morning. The limit of mallards and the limit of dark geese is what we call them, which can be Canada's and a mix of specks. But uh, with you know, usually snow geese will work in there also. But um, Canada's and mallards are bread and butter. But if um, we're we have full we're full fully operational to set up on big snow goose shoots where um, I mean you're hunting over several hundred full bodies and several hundred silo socks and in the regular spreads you're hunting over 20 dozen you know the nicest full body goose decoys and, and duck decoys there are and um and the comfiest to lay out blinds too because that, that makes a difference but um the really i mean our bread and butter is mallards and canada's because that's what most of the guys want to come up there and shoot especially from down here. But if someone wants to, you know, set up, get set up on a snow goose hunt, we offer, we offer those and uh, do really, really well on them when we set up really, really well. Um, but I just we, didn't uh, we know target, if y'all had any other kind of ducks that came into the spread besides mallards. Uh, oh, yeah, we'll have, we'll have pintail. We'll have pintail occasionally. Uh, they, they push out there pretty quick. Um, but we'll uh, – but it's, it's, it's usually, I mean – about a hundred percent mallards, unless we set up on an afternoon pothole. And some guys want to, will maybe want to do a water shoot once, uh, once a trip, and that's no problem at all. We can go set up on a on a big pothole and and get that opportunity to get some canvasbacks, redheads, you know, all, all the, the the smorgasbord of good ducks that that come in there if they're looking for a mixed bag. So the opportunities are endless, and we, we come across cranes that'll come into the spread uh, every once in a while, also. Um, so that's you know that's a neat treat that that clients get to enjoy too. So it's it's a little bit of everything, but uh, we our bread and butter is mallards and Canada's and uh, shooting shooting our limits on both of those every day if we can. Well, TJ, look before we wrap this up, how can number one a phone number to book a hunt with you, but also any kind of Facebook page or website we can go to to check it out. Absolutely, absolutely. You can reach me. My number is 601-966-7932. Give me a call anytime. Um, I'll be happy, more than happy to tell you about it. Um, and, and you can visit us at uh, www.frontlinewaterfowl.com. And we're on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, and you can visit me on my Instagram page or Facebook. And there's there's information there as well. And also... Um, I'll be posting something on the MS Ducks Facebook page with Rocky's blessing, but we got a uh, um, with how special MS Ducks and Duck South has been to me forever. I got a special deal for MS Duckers that are, have you know been on there, and uh, even even new signees. We uh, I've got a special deal if you're a Duck South for, member. So so ask me about yeah, that. I if, like that. 
I like that. So for yeah. those that are listening that are not a Duck South member, you better go join Duck South where you can get this special rate. That's right. Cause, uh, and, and tell and TJ you you're a member Duck of South, Duck South. I'm going I'm I'm to ask what your, uh, your avatar name is. Uh, no, I'm kidding. But uh, the, what, Rocky, you've done with, with Duck South and uh, growing it and adapting it with how social media is, has changed the way that the internet works and how people communicate. I've got to, I've got to tip my hat to you for having been on there nearly 20 years. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's held a special place in my heart for a long time. And I, I sure do appreciate you, uh, seeing that it, yeah, it, it stays alive and, and thrives. So thank you. Well, I appreciate you saying that because I tell you, Josh has been a huge part of it. And, um, yeah, big thanks. It's to been, both y'all. it's, it's been fun working with it, and Mike has given us the opportunity to kind of change what's going on on Duck South. But not only that, but TJ, man, you've been a valuable part of the community of Duck South. So, guys, listen, I've worked with TJ as a guide before. I'm telling you, man, if if anybody can put you on waterfowl, it's this guy you're listening to. So give him a call if you're looking for a Canada, a trip up to Canada to do some waterfowl hunting and we've got all the information tj just talked about to be able to man if, if they can't get in touch with you uh, uh i guess be walking outside looking for smoke signals tj because i think you gave them every possible way to get in touch with you to book that's a hunt. right i'm i'm not too hard to find so uh get in touch with me and if anyone has you know any questions in general uh um, I'm I'm there to help out any way I can. So, uh, but I, I sure do appreciate it, and definitely hope to see as you know as many of y'all up there as we can. Uh, love to share a blind, you know, with all y'all. Uh, and but if you have any questions and interested in booking, just give me a call, and we'll get you set up on a hunt of a lifetime. I can guarantee you that. Well, TJ, thank you for joining us, Josh. Look, before we go, I'm gonna give you the final word today, brother. Ooh. Mm. Okay. And don't, <laughs> and don't, don't what? Make, don't don't make me feel any worse. Oh, no, I won't. Who's that? Um no, I don't I, I don't know. TJ, I do I I really appreciate you uh uh coming on with us and I and I do think it's real cool uh what you're doing for uh for the you know, MS Ducks. Uh well I would say MS Ducks, Ducks out <laughs> crew. Uh, you know, being able to do that. That's um uh, you know, that, that's a big thing. That's that that kind of stuff is is what uh, you know has helped Rocky and I grow it and and give us different avenues for growing it. And so the, those kind of things keep keep things rolling. So we we really appreciate that. And uh, when when are you going to go up there? You will probably go up there I'll, in August. I'll I sure will. I'll head up there towards a about a week and a half left to go in August. Just getting yeah fields lined up for the first day when we kick off having a hunter september 1st and uh and we'll give her hell to the end of end of october beginning of november uh, looking forward yeah, to getting I look, up I there. look forward to seeing the updates and, and keeping up with everything that's going to be, be a lot of fun to see see how things play out um you know it, it's just it's always it's always fun to me to keep up with people that are up there um to see how things are going because it's you know by the time you get up there and when you're when you're killing mallards and geese, we're sweating and shooting doves. So it's always neat to me to to see that you know it's September, October, uh, everybody in there hunting. So I'm not going to hold yeah, you to well, it right now, and Josh is not going to hold it to you right now. But I hope we can get either a text report from you or a five minute piece of your time while you're up there to talk about what's going on. You know, while y'all are hunting. That's right. Yeah, we need to yeah. definitely add the migration add, report. Yeah, add you guys to the migration report. That'll be a that'll be a really big one, especially having a uh you know, a Duck South member up there. Uh doing Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Count, really count cool. me in for that. Count me in for that. Good and deal. uh I'm happy happy to do it and I hope uh you know, we can I can any Duck South that can come and uh like I said, they y'all been a big just like a big part of the family to me for long long time and as least i can do so anything y'all need just let me know and in the meantime we'll uh we'll be getting ready for canada i sure do appreciate uh josh rocky both y'all having me on uh and and, and thanks for what y'all are doing it's uh it's some great work well guys look waterfowl hunt canada 
frontline waterfowl, T.J. Mallet. you got all of his information on this. T.J., go make that post on Duck South. I'm going to follow it up with the podcast sometime tonight. Um, Perfect. And, you know, you have my full blessing, man. Everything that you've done on Duck South has always been informative. You've always been that guy when somebody asks a question. You always had a great answer for anybody, a newbie, that may be looking for information. So, man, you have my 100% blessing on anything I can do to help you. You just let me know. But, look, well, we want to thank I sure everybody. Will. I sure do appreciate it. Yeah, man. We want to thank everybody that listened to this edition of the On The X podcast, powered by DuckSouth.com.